I'm Dr. Ryan Delamater with Ocean Water. We help people get their water from the ocean for free in El Salvador, Bangladesh, and Indonesia. I'm here today at the beach with my family where I live, and I'm glad you can join us for today's message. First off, I wanna say happy Mother's Day weekend to all the moms and aspiring moms. I'm glad you're with us. Today I wanna to talk about seven things I've learned from moms. I wanna talk about mothers those who have physically given birth to children. But I also want to expand on that definition a bit. I want to talk about those who fulfill the role of being an influence to the next generation. Specifically, I want to address that perspective. There's some very valuable principles for all of us to be able to learn. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 5, treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters in absolute purity. Over and over again in the Bible, the group of people who claim to follow Jesus, the body of Christ, is described as a family. So we would expect in family relationships and in community, the people who claim to follow Jesus, he says that we're supposed to treat younger women as sisters, and by the way, make sure that the older women are treated and acted like spiritual mothers. Each group needs some people who go a little bit further along in life who are a little more mature and seasoned to make sure that the younger people in that community feel loved, nurtured, cared for, trained, and given attention to. That's the type of role that we wanna talk about today as it relates to the next generation. You know, we have the opportunity to exert our character, our gifts, our influence on others. Now this whole thing called mothering is a powerful force and God's put it in our midst. Mothers are a force to be reckoned with in our culture. What I want to do today is challenge us and inspire us and motivate us to take all the influence that we have and the resolve and the determination and the tenacity to be an influence in the world in which we find ourselves. You see, women understand influence more naturally than men do. <laughs> They're more street smart than us guys. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, a righteous person who lives for the next generation. I think he's right. I think that's really wise. We want to live a legacy. We want our life to have a ripple, much like the waves behind us. And there's some DNA in that we can learn from. To help us get a picture of that, uh, I'd like us to think about this book called Titus in the Old Testament. It's a real small book, but there's some stuff in there that we can learn from. The Apostle Paul had started a church on the island of Crete, and this church met in a house. It was a, it was a house church. He is now gone and he's left a pastor behind. This guy's name's Titus. And his job was to help that church get established and get on track. And like any new church or like many new churches, it had a lot of problems. <laughs> like all new things, you celebrate the newness of life and also the diapers that go along with babies. So whenever we start following God and eating together and spending time together and start trying to follow God's lead, there are things that come up that we have to figure out. You see, there, this was a small church on a small island, but they had big dreams for God. And, and I want you to notice that Paul, when he says to, to Timothy and uh, I'm sorry, to Titus in first chapter three, he says, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that is appropriate for someone serving the Lord. They must not go around speaking evil of others and must not be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach what is good. Those older women must teach the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and pure, and to take care of their new homes and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on God's word. 
I've been long enough, I've been married long enough to know that when a lot of women read a passage like this, their first question is, at what age do you become an older woman? So Paul was a total coward here. He doesn't tell us. I think he sort of chickened out. Uh, he can't really tell you exactly, but I do know this, that an older woman is only uh, one year older than your wife and up, up to the age of 29. <laughs> Paul doesn't give us specifics. Um, he just says that those of you who are mature, that you've been at this a little bit longer, it's your responsibility to help train the next generation of women. I wanna share with you some simple observations from the text that I think can become a good framework for how we do that. Uh, the first observation is this, is first of all, how you live matters. Paul begins with older women and he tells Titus to teach them to be godly. You know what jumps out for me at the very beginning of this passage? It's that older women were not marginalized. They weren't yesterday's news. In fact, the older women weren't just sitting on the sidelines, so to speak. They had so much to offer. They were fulfilling a very important role. And Paul says that if our family's gonna prosper that, and be healthy, that this has to take place. We have to have people that we look up to. Uh, a lot of times people will wonder, is there an older person that I can learn from? Of course there is, and we're supposed to seek that out. An older person to look up to is someone that's a friend and an encourager and a mentor who can come alongside you in your life and be an encouragement to you. This is what Paul modeled to Titus, and this is what we can learn from Titus to be modeled for us. So I wanna talk through these really quickly because there are several things that we can learn from this. Paul gives this uh, charge to Titus regarding older women. He says, one, rem remain teachable. So I wanna ask you a question. Are you still growing? Are you still learning? Are you still curious about things in your life? Um, have you begun to coast, so to speak? I hope that we're all still teachable in our lives. You see, because humility and teachability are the two main ingredients that God often uses. The next thing is he says we're supposed to watch our, our lifestyle. Do we live in ways that are appropriate? It's a rhetorical question that we have to ask ourselves all the time. Am I living an appropriate life given the context and the age and the stage that I'm in? You see, there were a lot of young people who needed a role model here in this small island, this small church, people to look up to. We need people that model life for us. Paul said to this guy named Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, he says, be careful about the way that you live and about what you teach. Keep doing this and you'll save not only yourself, but also the people who hear you. So we want to remain teachable in our lifestyle. The next thing is we want to stay active in serving God. What's implied here is this assumption that we're engaged in serving. You see, as you read the Bible, you, you always find verses that that give us permission to serve. We never retire from serving. We might retire from a job that we have, but never from serving God. In fact, if we're still breathing and our heart is still pumping blood, it's because God has us here for a purpose and a reason, and that's to serve Him and others. Now, this is especially important for some of us who are farther along in our life, because we actually have more time now to serve God than ever. And did you know that God wants you to use that time to help those around you that you find your path crossing? You see, God has so many people that he brings into our life every day that we have some, something to offer. And God knows that we have just the right experience and just the right wisdom to be able to pass that along to people. So Paul encourages us to stay active in serving God. Now, one of the ways that we do this is by being generous. In fact, I wanna thank so many of you who responded last week 
uh, when I challenge you to kind of close your eyes and ask God about how generous he wants you to be. And today I want to challenge you with the same thing you can say even now. Hey God, you know, what should I give? You wait a few seconds, whatever pops in your head, that's it. You go with that. I believe that's God's spirit telling you, do that. If you feel that, you can go right online and you can you can start to give and, and, and let generosity be, be a part of your life, whatever God's leading you. The next thing is that you can learn that we're supposed to practice self-control with our tongue. <laughs> this is a hard one. <laughs> I've never heard in my life my mother, Cheryl, speak poorly of another human being. Wow, not even one time. You see, what Paul's saying is that we're not supposed to be gossips or slanderers or spew out negative or critical thoughts or complaints. I love being around my mom because she's so full of life. She's vibrant and joyful and she is just so positive. You can tell that she's still excited about her life even into her mid-70s now. She really lives out Colossians 4, 6 that says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not to put them down, not cut them out. That's a great word for all of us. The next thing is that we're supposed to be aware of inappropriate behavior. You know, the Bible warns us not to be heavy drinkers, not little drinkers, heavy drinkers. Now, was this really a problem on the island of Crete? Well, what he was trying to teach us was don't let there be anything in your life that could be a stumbling block to people that look up to us. Did you know there are people that look up to us? And we're supposed to be aware of that. The mature person understands their freedoms, but also how they affect younger people who look up to them. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, avoid every kind of evil. So before we move on, if you're a person who considers themselves in this category of being a little farther along, I'd like you to seek out a younger person, someone that you can begin to have an encouraging friendship with or relationship with, you know? And for the rest of us, I'd like you to, I'd like you to think about and look at the challenges in your life. Who is it that you would like to reach out to and begin to be an encouragement to you? You see, we have a lot of people in our life that can be a godly example to us. And all we have to do is commit today, you know, through a text or a phone call or a Facebook message or an Instagram message or singing a TikTok video. Or if you're super old school, you can go on MySpace and you can reach out to people and you can let them know that you care about them. But I want you to know something. It isn't enough to just be a godly example. In fact, there's something else that Paul says and it's really important. He says that we're supposed to pass along what matters most. It's not just enough to possess these qualities if you don't pass them along. And that takes some intentionality. Paul said to Timothy, who's, he says, I've been reminded of your sincere faith in which you first found in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy, I've watched your life, and it's obvious to me that it was what was passed on to you from your mother and those same spiritual values. And Timothy, you've had a great model to watch in your own family. All of us have a truth to live by, uh, principles that guide us. But more than that, we need people who give us a picture of what that truth is all about. We need someone who will believe in us and stand by us and guide us and encourage us and model what it means to live a godly life. Not just so that 
we can become what they've become, but we can become what God wants us to become through some of their example. Now, I want to take just a moment to address some of the people that are here right now and just challenge you that we really are supposed to be responsible for the spiritual training of the kids that are in our care. Now, if you've been, this is always challenging. If you've been married once or twice or even three times, we still have to accept the responsibility of the children that are under our care. That's our job. God placed us as stewards over the precious lives of the kids that are in our care. That spiritual straining belongs to us. And sometimes your kids are going to like that, and sometimes they're not going to like it. But it's about training our kids to be responsible and hardworking. Yeah, you know, people nowadays, they want babies, but they don't want to give birth. Or people want uh, the product, but not the process. And no one likes to be told that we have to be personally responsible for everything in our life and work hard. That is how we survive and we thrive. You see, personal responsibility and hard work is at the core of what God wants to do in all of us. So often we get concerned about maybe a better education or better athletic skills or the right kind of job. So many of those things change throughout our life. What never changes is personal responsibility and a wonderful work ethic. You see, those are the two best things that we can pass on to our kids and model for them. Now what we're talking about in this whole kind of spiritual mentoring idea is a way of relating to people. It's about passing on your life and your experiences. That's the curriculum. Our life. So often in, in the California, we get hung up on, you know, maybe educational models or classrooms or workbooks or curriculum. And um, all of that's great, but life is more caught by people than taught by people. When you think back about what uh, you were taught as a kid, you know, how to brush your teeth. Um, what you didn't do is you didn't take out a history lessons and history books on teeth brushing. What you did is you got it out and somebody watched you and they learned how to do it. That is very much how we grow spiritually. And because it's, again, it's, it's caught. It's not always taught. Now, there are a lot of young men and women in our lives today who just need somebody to show them how to do life, how to have a good relationship, how to be ethical in their business, how to care about people, how to walk through a time of crisis and struggle. Do you think you're supposed to hide that stuff? Absolutely not. Let people be involved in it. I've discovered that people are not very good about taking orders, but they're great at imitating. You can impress people from a distance, but you only make an impact up close and personally. I want to be very clear about what Paul, Paul's command is to us who are older. And what he's trying to say is that he wants us to pass this on through life-on-life -life relationship. You could summarize the whole Bible's curriculum in one word, and it's love. And we model love for our families, for our kids, and for our homes. It's a great verse in Isaiah. It says, um, could a mother forget a child who nurses at her breast? Could she fail to love an infant who came from her own body? If a mother could forget, I will never forget you. When God was looking for a picture to show his undying love for us, the best word picture he could use was that of a mother and a child. So, ladies, you know how to love so deeply and so unconditionally because it's literally in the DNA of what it means to be a mom. There's a physical bond that happens that us guys just don't understand because we don't give birth. 
It's, I don't have an agenda. I'm not looking for anything from you. I just want to come alongside you and be a friend and be an encouragement to the people in our lives. But you might say, well, you know what? I'm not a Bible teacher. Well, you don't have to be. One of the most powerful things that you can do is just hang out with people, have a coffee, grab some food, open God's word together, read a passage of scripture, and just talk about what it means. That's a powerful thing. You know, most people have never had someone do that with them. I can't stress this enough. The best thing that we can do for people in our lives is to get them to having a daily discussion with God by being in God's word each day. Every morning I just press play and the guy in the Bible app reads it to me because I'm more of an auditory learner. I love it. It's awesome. That's the way I learn best. You can learn everything that you need for your life by talking and walking with God every day, making God your best friend. Do you know God? In fact, it's so simple. Right now you can just say, God, I want to know you. I want to be like you. I want to become a new person. If you said that with me, even right now, if you just thought it, you can have a relationship with God. Having a relationship with God begins when you take the first sincere step, and that's it. If you took a sincere first step, even right now, I'd like you to message me at Ocean Water because I'd like to send you some free material that's going to help you with that. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife, cutting deep into the innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. You know, when Moses talked about passing on the truth in Deuteronomy, he said, repeat these truths again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're away on a journey and when you're lying down and when you're getting up again. Tie them to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know, there are people God has probably already put on your heart and in your life right now for you to begin to reach out to. And I'd encourage you to do it. Initiate a relationship. Today, just make a note of a person. You're going to text them or call them and reach out to them. That's the Holy Spirit, that person that pops in your head. I trust that God's talking to you to go and reach out to that person and show them that you care. Now, now maybe you're younger and you might be saying, well, what about me? I'd like to find somebody older to look, older to, look up to. Well, that's good, and I encourage you to do that as well, and you could text them today. Now, before I finish today, there's a passage in, in Titus where Paul says at the end of the passage, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Now, there's so much at stake here. I know some of us sitting here maybe watching this, and you know, you might be thinking, you don't understand. I've never had the kind of role model in my family. I don't know what a healthy relationship looks like. Well, the good news is that we can break those cycles and we can break the cycles in our family and in, in our lives and even generational things that we've learned, dysfunction and unhealthy brokenness. We can end all of that. It just starts the second that we say, uh, God, would you help me? In fact, you can do that by praying. You know, would you pray with me right now? Say, God, I thank you for every person here today that they matter to you no matter where they've been and what they've done that you care about them, that you sent your son to die for them. God, I know that you have a purpose for every person, and I pray that everyone would have the courage to live for you, to walk with you, and to be with you. And Lord, we ask for your help today. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to pray a special blessing on all of our moms here today for Mother's Day weekend. And then lastly, in the, in the past few months of, of COVID-19, we've been actively engaged in helping 38 families receive daily water and food in El Salvador. Our friend Sampapo and his family have been working tirelessly to make sure the needs of our members in that community have been met. I want to ask you today to give generously towards helping those 38 families with food and water. I'd like you to go online today at Ocean Water and make a little note when you give, just say food and water, and we're gonna forward those funds on Monday and make sure that we take care of the 38 families that God has called us to love and care for, those with a legitimate need. You know, if you just close your eyes right now and say, hey God, what do you want me to give? And you wait a second, a number will pop in your head and whatever that is, go give that to help people get food and water. I've had a wonderful time with you today and uh, I hope you have an awesome week. Thanks so much.